You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Alright y'all, so here is part two of our rant episode. Sorry for the wait. Hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm Martha Bartlett. Brittany will be with me in a second. But first, let's talk nerdy. Clink! You know what now is a good time for? It's time for a promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast, you say? Hmm, that sounds delicious. What is that? It's a delicious slice of life. In every episode? In every episode, where we talk about conspiracy theories, cartoons of our childhood, Star Trek quizzes, movies that we've liked, hard racing, general pop culture, fantasy recasts. But what we don't talk about is pizzas. Right here on the ESO Network. All right, part two. Part two. Which is probably going to be a second episode. It's definitely. So this is be a still, but first, episode. let's talk nerdy. Then we have a guest this time. A guest. So that girl I was talking about in the last episode <sighs> when I got a girlfriend slash a couple hours ago because it's the same day, she's here now. <sighs> <laughs> that might be the only noise she makes the whole time, or she might talk. We will see. But here we go. Just drink your Dos Equis. It's fine, baby. It's fine. I'm, like, drunk. <laughs> I have to do this whole episode, which is great. Um, <laughs> so, somehow we ended up talking about... You talked about a specific So, I thing. talked about the Joker. Okay, he was my terrible. rant episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah this, Glad I got that out of the way. Of all the episodes to, like, sit in on, the rant episode is... Is probably the worst. This is probably the worst episode for you to start out on. But I here apologize. we're at... Here we are. It's yeah. not like I'm missing anything from her Joker ranting. Oh, no. I, I hear that we without an episode. It's yeah. just a normal thing. I feel like you read like two Joker stories and you also already exist with that rant. She ranted about the Joker at breakfast today. <laughs> <laughs> Probably in prep for this morning. Tonight. I did? You did. What the fuck did I say about the Joker? You went off on a tangent about the Riddler and then you lost your shit about Joker. What are you talking about? Something with Batman and DC? Um, sort of. I'm talking about <laughs> women in refrigerators today. Fridged women, that whole fucking nightmare of everything. Uh, and how that affected comics, or how we want it to affect comics. And how men writers are the worst. Yeah, and how change is slow, but it's happening. Because um, they're getting more females in comics. Yeah. So, yeah, first and foremost, uh, trigger warning up top, because this is all really upsetting shit relating to trauma done to female characters. So, if that's something you're going to be triggered by, first of all, very, very fair. And secondly, you might want to skip this one, and you're not wrong in that one. Um, My sources are all of the comics that I could get a hold of. uh, Which, I'm like, why am I so angry this week? like... (laughs) Because I had to read all this nightmare fucking shit. There's a saved 1999 version of the Women Refrigerators website, which is still available. Also, Dead Man Defrosted, uh, Dead Men Defrosted by John Bartal on the same site. Wikipedia, Comic Vine, um, the lukewarm appeal of the Women in Refrigerators trope by 
Larissa Ironkunda, and then uh, Women Refrigerators, The Objectification of Women in Comics by uh, Kyra Nelson, Wikipedia, Fandom, and TV Tropes. I also read the book, uh, The Refrigerator Monologues, which I don't think is going to come up in any of this, but it's basically about, like, six women who are versions of women in refrigerators um, and, like, telling their story from the afterlife, which is pretty interesting. I think you would like it. Um, which is supposed to be a show eventually called Dead Town on Amazon, which hasn't been anything yet, so we'll see about that. So, yeah, Women in Refrigerators, what the fuck is up with that? So, in 1999, before her work with DC Comics and all of that, uh, Gail Simone published a website in response to a scene in Green Lantern 54, in which Kyle Rayner's girlfriend, Alex DeWitt, gets murdered by Major Force. Uh, she's strangled. It's really fucking ugly. Which, like, a moment for Alex, who was there when Kyle became Green Lantern, who helped him train, who figured out his shit, who was supportive and wore cute outfits and let him fly her around and have, like, a, super- a cute superhero boyfriend, which sounds kind of fun until you get to the reality of it, who was only in five fucking issues, who did nothing wrong except for fucking date Kyle. Which, ew. Mm-hmm. I also read... <laughs> I read a lot of... I read every one of these comics that I could find my fucking find, that I could find, and it was horrible. It turned my goddamn stomach. Kyle goes to check out some weird shit that he saw on the news. He invites Alex along to, like, because she's a photographer, and she's like, oh, no, I'll, like, make some cute surprise to be waiting for you when you get home. And, um, man, I fucking hate comics sometimes. Major Force leaves a fucking note about a surprise that's left in the fridge, and Kyle's like, the weird handwriting, and then he sees her body that's shoved in there. Also, Major Force is, he, like, sees that, and then Major Force is like, I'm also here, and, like, Kyle's awareness is not great. (laughs) That is what Women in Refrigerators is specifically referring to. But um, it's a website created in 1999 by a group of feminist uh, comic book fans that lists examples of superhero comic book tropes where female characters are injured, raped, killed, depowered to stimulate protective traits as a plot device for the male character for them. A lot of them are like girlfriends or, you know, some sort of like a girlfriend, sister, best friend type of deal, blah, blah, blah. And it's worth noting that, like, unnecessary violence being done to characters with no agency to move the plot along is not just happening to women, but also characters of color and queer characters. Uh, Disproportionate violence is done to marginalized characters to move the story along frequently for the white cis male protagonist and is still a huge problem and a bigger topic than I could talk about in one episode. So today we're just going to focus on women in refrigerators. So the woman in question is typically the protagonist's partner, family member, or love interest. Uh, The origin of the term is obviously Alex DeWitt. And the points are that it just cheapens and normalizes murder, abuse, and sexual violence of women by uh, rote execution of the trope. There's a lot of terrible, unnecessary sexualization and uh, the use of female characters as disposable plot enhancers. For obvious reasons. This is a really terrible fucking trope. <laughs> obvious reasons. This is really, yeah. not Because the female character is um, 
it reduces them to becoming a one-dimensional emotional tool, but also because it refuses to take into account the other ways in which a character can receive <clears throat> wisdom, character, and triumph. It's just, why would this character be made disrespected and, like, just abused it to let this male character mature? And it's like... The answer is bad writing. Yes. <laughs> that, it all comes the down to, to bad writing. bad fucking writing. And people who let this bad writing keep <laughs> happening, which we all know, oh, it's a nightmare. Uh, for me, like, the most egregious thing about this is less the violence, which is, like, pretty inherent in superhero comics, but the agency that's taken away. Because these characters are characters who could have violence done to them, but, like, they're not given any power in any part of it and it's not a story that's about that mm -hmm. which if you listen to the last episode is a big we talk about that <laughs> yeah also kyle's fucking power is willpower his he's a green lantern his whole fucking green lantern shtick is to have willpower so the fact that you have to like murder alex in this horrible way in order to unblock some true potential or whatever fucking nonsense is it's not like it's either a weak character or it's a weak writer and i like kyle he's an art nerd he's a fucking truly super bi as far as all of the like green lanterns go just say that's these things are the truth I don't think it's willpower on this one. <laughs> Comics written and ruined by fucking men. Um, hey, yeah. theme of our podcast. <laughs> yep, yep. So this is Gail's note on the main page of the website. Uh, and also it's ensconced <laughs> in like really gentle language that's not meant to hurt anyone's feelings, which is very understandable for the time if Gail wrote this today or if any of us wrote this we'll today. Well, slightly translated so it will hurt yeah. their feelings. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, she wrote this. Uh, Hi, this is a list I made when it occurred to me that it's not healthy to be a female character in comics. I'm curious to find out if this list is somewhat disproportionate, and if so, what it means, really. These are superheroines who have either been depowered, raped, or cut up and stuck in the refrigerator. I know I missed a bunch. Some of them have been revived, even improved. Although the question remains as to why they were thrown in the wood chipper to, in the first place. I know I missed a bunch. I don't know my comic deaths the way I should. I'm not editorializing. Editor That's fine. I'm just going to leave that <laughs> just cut in there. <laughs> I'm just curious as to find out what you guys think it means, if anything. So, like, she sent that out to a bunch of different comic book writers who had specifically, like, uh, characters that they had brutalized that they had fridged in some sort of a way and she was like this is my opinion of what this happened <laughs> this is my opinion yeah. of what you did how do you feel <laughs> and then there's a lot of like responses and do you feel fair, like you suck because yeah. you do <laughs> the responses at the time in 1999 are rough from a lot of creators who have grown and gotten better from those times. And I'm not going to go super into that nonsense because, you know, it's less a point. But um, it was more just pointing out, like, this is a trend in comics and, like, it's fucking problematic. It's and problem. maybe we should note the fact that it's... It's a problem. A problem and change from it. Um, but, yeah, so uh, she also writes... 
an important note, this isn't about assessing blame about an individual story or the treatment of an individual character, and it's certainly not about personal attacks on the creators who kindly shared their thoughts on this phenomenon. Except you're all bad writers. <laughs> um, it's about the trend, its meaning, and its relevance, if any. So we'll get the, to the list later. Uh, she started making the list because it was like, it's just, there are a ton of fucking characters who... I mean, I would be hard-pressed to name a female character who hasn't fallen under some sort of a fridging thing. And uh, this was also when the internet was first, like, exploding. And you could also start to finally contact these people without just, like, hitting them up through their, like, <laughs> P.O. box. I was going to say their editor letter, editor letters. Their editor's and, um, P.O. box. Uh, comics. Mm-hmm. You could be like, this is bullshit. And they could be like, we're just going to not publish this one because we don't want to have to uh, deal with it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, the climate in comics from then hasn't changed hugely, but it's definitely getting better. Um, and comics have become more of a mainstream thing, which uh, some people not might not love, but it makes comics a lot more accessible from people uh, by people who were constantly gatekept. Gatekeeped. I don't know how you want to that's not important. Um, by dumb men before. This is my yeah. podcasting. <laughs> uh, it's fun. But yeah, so uh, more more people are buying comics now who are not being pushed out of those spaces as much anymore. And also people have places where they can call this dumb shit out. We have a word for it now, fridging, which can quickly communicate, this is some dumb bullshit that you fucking written. Like that. And uh, before this was all gathered and sent out by comics uh, to the comics writers, many of them probably hadn't even thought of it as an issue, which is an issue in itself. Yep. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <clears throat> I cannot give you a decisive list of every woman in comics that's been mm-hmm. finished because it's probably everyone in some way or another mm-hmm. at this point. And also, we don't have that fucking kind of time. Nope. Uh, and also, I don't want to hate on comics all the time because there's a lot of great stuff... And also stuff that could be so good, but uh, it is what it is. So I figured I'd give a couple important fridgings and why they're specifically fridging. And we can rage about them. And we Let's can rage go. About them. Here's the deal, fans. Uh, I read this story. Most of them, at least. Almost all of them. <laughs> so all of the ones I could get a hold of. See, you do not have to. Don't read this fucking garbage. They are all bad. They're supremely unenjoyable. They did it for you. Yeah, I did this for you. Yeah. I'm so mad. <laughs> so, okay. I'm sorry. A lot of these are going to be your faves. It's just how it is. Uh, we're starting out with Gwen Stacy, and it sucks a lot. I know we've talked about Gwen before, and we've talked about the fact that Gwen died because they were like, Gwen keeps Peter closer to childhood and like, and also like makes it so that he's they a were couple and, they could get married yes. and like have a life and they didn't want him to be grown up. So they, instead of, they were like, we could kill Aunt May or we could kill Gwen Stacy. Or, and MJ was in that docket too. But MJ wasn't like a, no, a she wasn't yet. a person yet. And so they were like, and fans just kept getting bored of their, communication issues that mm-hmm. happened. The only problems the relationship ever had was Peter didn't tell her he was Spider-Man and there was communication issues. I that was every single fucking problem. Incredible. See episode like six or whatever episode that was. to show you at the end 
of this because it's really great. Uh, the night Gwen Stacy died, which is also known as the Green Goblin's Last Stand, which Boo just called the night Gwen Stacy died. She's Gwen the only Stacey. important person yes. in this. Um, was in uh, 1973. It was Spider-Man and Green Goblin having like a big fucking deal. Green Goblin figured out who Peter was before this and then he forgot about it because of some fucking amnesia thing. Because <laughs> comics. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Harry Harry's in the hospital for drug use. Gwen and MJ go to uh, visit him and Peter shows up late because of Spider-Man stuff and gets told off by Norman, who is <laughs> starting to remember that he's Green Goblin and that Peter is Spider-Man. Okay, cool. So, but also, like, Gwen is a character that while she's a love interest, she's also not just a love interest because she's been around for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. She was 1965 to 73. Like, she's a character who has a lot of character depth. Her dad dies because Peter... Not because Peter. Because but some Spider-Man dumbass stuff. villain does yep. something that mm-hmm. knocks over something and then... Peter's also there as Spider-Man, and she ends up blaming Spider-Man. Blah, blah, blah. Not really important to this, but it is something that's important to her. And so Green Goblin abducts Peter's uh, girlfriend, Gwen Stacy, lures Spider-Man to the Brooklyn Bridge, and then blah, 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 they have a bunch of fucking fighting, and then he ends up tossing her off the bridge. Spider-Man shoots the... You know this story if you're a fucking person who's watched any comics fucking nonsense. Spider-Man ends up shooting his web to her, and then as he pulls her up, he thinks he saved her, but actually she, her neck was broken either by whiplash or by a goblin prior to the fall. Blah, blah, blah. Later, I think specifically Stanley wanted it to not be Spider-Man, so it's like, it's not Spider-Man. But every fan ever falls on And that also Spider-Man. Spider-Man is like, it was me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it makes it more, it actually, it gives her death more tragedy to actually, if we're, gonna, if we're gonna do the fucking trope anyways, yes. we might as well actually fucking go for it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Green Goblin escapes, uh, Spider-Man cries over Gwen's corpse and uh, swears revenge. There's a lot of uh, the Pieta type story. Um, imagery where there's somebody holding their dead somebody yeah. or other. And it's it's the same fucking image over and over and over and over and over again. And it will come up again in the rest of this episode. But yeah, um, so he goes back, Mary Jane and him comfort each other. But yeah, Jerry Conway was like, who is one of the writers for this, was like, they were a perfect couple, but taking them to the next level would be like, Spider-Man is the young hero in all of this fucking Fans nonsense. Fans didn't like her because they didn't write her right. And yes, exactly. They did not write her right and fans didn't mm-hmm. like her, so they killed her. Yeah. And like... Mm-hmm. Stanley had a big fucking, because they apparently talked to him about this. There's a lot of different, everybody's got different opinions on what happened. But, like, Stanley's like, they didn't ask me about this, or they asked me right before my vacation. They were like, we'd had a conversation with them, and it was a big deal. But, you know, he was like, I think there were drugs involved. Oh, I mean, it was the 70s, right? Yeah, exactly. There were drugs involved. Exactly. I mean, Stanley was one of the creators of Gwen Stacy. He created Gwen Stacy. It was someone else. He loved Gwen, so when he came back from vacation was like, Gwen's dead? What the fuck? He was like, bring her back. And they were like, we can't bring her back immediately. 
And I will say the only thing that probably sweetens Gwen's death a little bit, other than some of the stupid shit that they did and then retconned and then just Mm -hmm. made Spider-Gwen, which is an alternate universe, Mm -hmm. they left her dead. So they at least gave her death, like, an actual meaning to Peter Parker. It, I was going to say in my notes, it does feel like a fridging, but one that they've worked to kind of fix yes. in the afterward. They, in Gwen, Gwen in the issue, ha- like she talks to Harry, but she has like almost no lines. She yeah. has no fucking agency. Uh, both Green Goblin and fucking Pi- Spider-Man are, refer to her as my girl or Spider-Man's woman. Yeah, <laughs> gross shit. Exactly. Uh, and then they kill Gwen off and they don't resolve her story. They don't let her figure out that Peter is Spider-Man. They don't let her figure out that it's not his fault for her father's death and that somebody else is at fault. Mm-hmm. Like, all of her stories are left unfinished. Which is bullshit. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and again, Stanley was like, that's fucking dumb. We should bring her back. And they were like, we, we can't. We just fucking killed her. We can't bring her back. Retconned. Issue later. Um, it was a bad dream. I do think uh, there's been a lot of work to kind of undo well, that, say, like, bullshit yes. and make With more certain characters. characters. Uh, Spider-Man Blue is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. They gave that There have been a lot so of characters, much. but they've done a lot of yep. work to fix, fix this the bullshit that it's they not did. always the case, but mm-hmm. yeah. Also, <laughs> one tiny bit of levity in reading this shitty fucking episode there's a panel where Peter is crying and MJ is there. And he's like, don't make me laugh, MJ, uh, Mary Jane. You wouldn't be sorry if your own mother died. What do you care about straights like me and Gwen? <laughs> I was like, I'm crying laughing here. What do you care about straights like me and Gwen? And I'm like, arguable. But we all know MJ is not straight. I don't mean to hit all your faves. God. I'm going to hit all your faves. So Stephanie Brown is a really good example of this phenomenon. Steph, our fucking girl, starts off as spoiler on her own. Later, she teams up with Batman as the latest Robin. And to be fully honest, every part of this that I've read is not great. Not great. It's just bad writing. And also, Batman is so, like, pissy. And it's like, ugh. Ugh. Why is this so dumb? Whatever. Batman's a turd about the whole fucking thing and her turn with Robin is short because it's ended by her being brutally murdered by Black Mask, uh, tortured with a power drill for hours and she dies. This is later undone in com- later later undone because comics. Um, but not only is she a victim of a gruesome fucking murder, but like also has the indignity of being drawn in a sexually suggestive pose after being fucking killed. Ew. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Don't read read this shit. Read all of the shit that comes after it. It's so much better because people are like, these characters deserve better. And then they did better by them. Steph's fans were further outraged when uh, she didn't receive a memorial in the Batcave the way that Jason Todd did. And later writers tried to downplay her role, stating that Batman never really thought of her as a real Robin. Ew. Here's the thing. Ew. The big thing with Batman. If you can't write a Batman that's compassionate, you shouldn't be allowed to write fucking Batman. Mm -hmm. He's not a nice man, and he can't do human interaction because he's barely a person. But, like, he wouldn't be like, this didn't happen because... I don't know. I didn't like it. That's 
No, that's fucking. That's not. He wouldn't let that's someone be right. his Robin unless he like cared them. about them. Yeah, and cared yeah. about them. They're, these are all people who is he? Yes, he's involved in yes. his fucking dumbass huge family. I'm a loner, and he's like, I've got thirty Forty kids, Robins. <laughs> I've adopted seventeen bad million kids. Weirdly, I hang out with Clark every other fucking <laughs> weekend. It's fine. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, it's bad writing. I'm not a fan of her run as Robin because it never seems as something that's meant to serve her any purpose to her character and to her arc, but it's more for like Bruce and Tim and just people who were like, well, we'll give you a female Robin and then you can shut up. I'm like, (sighs) it's fine. Uh, Steph is another character that post-fridging writers have done a lot of work to make sure that they fixed things afterwards, bringing her back into the fold as Batgirl, doing a lot of work on her character, letting her smack Batman in the fucking face yes. like she deserved. But it's so fucking <clears throat> dumb and I'm mad. Yep. Male characters get to die fucking nobly, but women are shock value and the major motivation. Yeah, and, it's yep. gross. It's a shock value death that they're like. Mm-hmm. Also, you can stare at her butt while she's... It's horrible. Steph, I love you so much. Yeah. So now we just talked about this a lot. But we're going to talk about it again. Let me guess. Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Because I feel like Barbara Gordon is a linchpin for what fridging is. Mm-hmm. Like, because of how terribly it's fucking told. So if And you, how important she was. Yeah. She's she's been a character for twenty twenty years. fucking years, and then you're like, well we'll get to the exact fucking conversation of it. But like, you do your thing, whatever. It doesn't matter. So, um, they try to give the Joker a backstory and they're like, here's one of his sob stories that might be true and it's not true and doesn't really fucking matter. And he's like, maybe if James Gordon has a bad day, it will make him into a crazy person like me. And it's like, you gave Barbara Gordon a bad day and then fully ignored her Mm -hmm. and made this story about James Gordon. We've already had this conversation where when Batman died should have been this story because it could have been really interesting and well done because Batman was already, like, he was dead. And Jim Gordon having to pick up the pieces of I didn't do a lot of work for crime because Batman was doing all of that would have been an interesting story. Instead, we got this fucking shit in early 2000s and uh it's bad here we are it's bad and it's wrong and it's stupid and you listened to the last episode and if you didn't you can listen to we go into where we go into a lot more detail of this but yeah she's given no agency she has no lines she's given no chance to fight back like she's fucking back she just opens the door and is shot but also, it's Barbara. She you don't wouldn't think she open doesn't have the door. some sort of fucking paranoia at this mm-hmm. point? No. No. So Alan Moore was the one who wrote this. And in a 2000 interview, he had been critical of his work, saying it's not a very good book. And then in a 2004 interview with Wizard Maz- Magazine. Remember Wizard Magazine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
Hoare was also critical about his decision to disable Barbara Gordon. I asked DC if they had any problem with me crippling Barbara Gordon, who was Batgirl at the time. And if I remember, I spoke to Len Wein, who was our editor on the project. He said, yeah, okay, crippled the bitch. It was probably one of the areas where they should have reined me in, but they didn't. And therein lies the rub, because powerful people don't even see these characters, well-established characters, as people only as props for men in their life. The fact that that was his response makes me hope he's rotting in his grave. A hundred percent! I'm like, I hope you've been run over by several buses. And I hope, yeah. Like, you're disgusting. Horrible. And if you're not, I will run you over with several buses. Where are you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will run you over. I can still make this happen. (laughs) What's up, Lenwine? Come fight me. Okay. So, uh, next is Silver Fox. This one's a bummer. We actually talked about this the other day because I was talking about <laughs> Sabretooth being very gay. Oh, yeah. Way. Yeah. But also, it's terrible. Also, I tried I to know find much this about Silver Fox. issue. Oh, it's because there's almost nothing. Finally off my girls, at least. Yes. Silver Fox is, like, one of... Don't fuck Wolverine if you're a character in the Marvel Universe, because you will be murdered. Except maybe you're Scott. That's different. Because he's a man. Yes. And Jean has the whole Phoenix Force, so (laughs) she can handle herself. And also has Scott. I'm just saying, maybe they should have been a throuple the whole time, but now we are getting our full-ass fucking life because Krakoa. But yeah, uh, I tried to find this issue and was unable. It's old. Was unable? It was unable. Uh, I wasn't super sad about it. I gotta tell you, I really wasn't. Silver Fox was a member of the Blackfoot Native American tribe. Silver Fox grew up in the Canadian Rockies near the town of Mount Logan, Yukon. Which, I'm like, maybe that's how Logan got his, like, Logan name since that's not his name. I this is not a Wolverine podcast and it never fucking will be. <laughs> Neither of if, us have I was gonna say, if there's ever a day one of us choose to do an episode on Wolverine, hell is frozen over. <laughs> so boring. I'm like, I can't read a Wolverine single. Like he's he's no uh, no thank no. you. Um but yeah, so he and Wolverine had uh Who? He, oops, she and Wolf. Okay. I was like, wait, who are we talking about? <laughs> Logan ends up living with uh, her Blackfoot tribe up in Mount Logan. Question mark. I don't know if they... Was his name Logan at the time? That's a good question. <laughs> and the answer is, I didn't read this comic. <laughs> Thank fuck. You know, they had their whole, like, domestic blah, blah, blah. It sounds really boring. And then at some point, basically... She goes to um, see Logan fighting outside of a bar, and she meets Victor Creed, who is Sabretooth, who is terrible. But at this point, he's just helped Logan in the fight, and and then on Logan's birthday, Sabretooth decides to go... (laughs) Sabretooth! Just a little drunk. (laughs) Sabretooth decides to go... I don't want to be laughing about this because it's horrible. Basically, on Logan's birthday, 
Sabretooth decides, I'm not going to say this one more fucking time. If it sounds like Sabretooth, it's just going to be Sabretooth until I fucking die. And that's Victor Creed's goddamn problem. That you should have picked a better animal, wait, you asshole. Out. Wait, so you have no problem seeing Victor Creed? Yes. Just call him Victor. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> the problem is... Wait for it. Victor, on <laughs> Logan's birthday, brutally rapes and kills Silver Fox. Rude. Yeah. And because gross. it's his birthday, which neither of them remember why they know each other or what their relationship to each other is. They just don't just like each other. that they hate each other and there's stuff there. Logan tries to kill Sabretooth in revenge and ultimately, ultimately fails. And uh, it's later retconned that she survived, was also part of Weapon X, and was, like, in on it. Which I'm like, how are you in on this? Question mark. And then they made this Native American woman a leader of Hydra. So um, that's cool. And I love that. But not... No. At all. That's awful. Yeah. They're like, we brought, we brought, <laughs> we her, brought back. her back and she's fucking and she's a, Nazi. a Nazi. What? Um, excuse me. What? Excuse me. So yeah, um, Silver Fox is a fucking nightmare of a character. It's, it's bad times for everybody. Uh, and then um, Karen Page. So Karen is um, Daredevil's girlfriend for a minute. Karen's death is less affridging than everything else that came before it. Nailed so it. here's a bunch of fucking nonsense that happens to Karen before her fucking death. Uh, she's kidnapped over and over. There's a weird body swapping Ugh. plot. Body swapping plots are always the worst. It's, they don't work unless it's like well, and it's usually a like, rom com. <laughs> Maybe not a written comedy. by fan fiction writers. <laughs> Not written by anybody else. Unless it's like 13 yeah. going on 30. That's <laughs> and that's about yeah. it. <laughs> no, it's you, it's always something terrible. Um, Daredevil <laughs> Matt does to have a twin brother named Mike. And then he was like, Mike died. I don't know what <laughs> Jesus Christ. Matt, I love you so much for what is happening. He was like, I... I, I need to go. I need to go. <laughs> um, her dad becomes a supervillain. There's a bunch of other fucking shit. She's truly just a punching bag to get a rise out of Matt. It's bad. She knows that Matt is Daredevil. I was literally just going to ask that because I didn't actually in this, know. And I'm not exactly <clears throat> sure when that happens. Okay. Because I didn't want to read more than just the issue where she died. Fair. Frank Miller, we have mentioned him by name previously because he's bad at writing women. Really used her as a huge punching bag. He gets her addicted to heroin. Uh, she sells Matt Murdock's identity for another hit. Ew. Um, ew, ew. Yeah, exactly. Ew. Uh, she works in... And it's like, also, it's early... I think it's early in the aughts. When is this? 2012. Okay, so not that early. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but yeah, so addicted to heroin, uh, sells Matt's identity. She Bitch. 
Just kidding. Bad writing. Bad writing. And also wrong. No. <laughs> uh, she worked in pornography. She tried to. Ew. Become... Oh my God. Are you serious? Well, they were like, she tried to become an actor. Not, and not you we like, to working in pornography. No. The fact that they, they There's just went about there. sex work, but they used it They as went a, there like, to um, be gross. As this was They went there to be gross. Exactly. Shitty. This. And then this story, the story that like is the end of this with everything, is A. Comic book writing to a T. It's so stupid. God. Matt Murdock, whilst dealing with his own personal problems, meets a young woman who knows he's Daredevil, not not Karen. She's a virgin, has a baby, question mark. I think that's a lie, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, Saved by Daredevil and some thugs. She claims that angels told her his secret identity and the child is Christ reborn and he must protect the child and gives him the baby and disappears. And also a bunch of bad guys think that this baby has something to do with the devil. And I'm like, can we not have random fucking babies in this? My head hurts. Yeah. So. My head hurts. It doesn't hurt enough yet. Hold on. Oh, I don't want it to hurt anymore. It already hurts. It's going to be worse. So Mysterio in this. For some reason. Oh, fucking. Remember when they were like, Mysterio is hot? And I was like, what? You guys are ruining my life. That's the end of that story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Mysterio previously had tricked Karen into believing that she had AIDS. I'm like, okay. We're doing this again. We're, we're doing, back here. We're doing this again. Okay. We are back here. And she went back to tell Matt, and then afterwards she was manipulated again by Mysterio into believing that this random baby was the cause of all the things that happened to her. Which, um... I have a question. Everybody's like, this random baby is Satan's baby. I have a question. Yes. Who okayed this story? Some... And can we run them over with the bus? Yes. Okay. I don't have a name, but I can We'll find it, and we're gonna run them over with at least two buses. Yeah. You've got two buses coming for you. It's a lot of tires. Fucking bullseye. Yeah. Fucking bullseye killing all of Matt Murdock's girlfriends. hired to take care of this, like, baby at the time. Oh, the baby. We're still on Damien here. It's it's not a good enough Damien to be Damien. I love the name Damien. I know. The Omen really fucking ruined it. It's fine. The Omen's like, (laughs) nope. (laughs) Like, yep, this is my little murder child. Deal with it. It's it's also a pet, as it turns out, because children are gross. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, but it won't ever be, yes, it will only ever be a pet's name. But yeah, so Karen goes to uh, see Matt at a church, and Matt's like, the kid isn't the devil, and also isn't the cause of all the, like, bad things that are happening to you. Turns out it's It's bad writing. But oh. And... (laughs) Both of those things are right. It's Mysterio and it's bad writing. Um, and whatever. What the fuck? So yeah, she leaves and then like walks off and is like, you know who else? I, I'm a fucking mess. But also this messy bitch is also a mess and needs me. So she goes back. This is who we talking about, Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock is the hottest mess in the entire fucking A true fucking Marvel nightmare universe. of a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's bad timing because Bullseye has gone to kill this not devil baby at the church and has killed a bunch of people at this oh. church besides the Sister Maggie and Sister Maggie, the not devil baby. Sister Maggie, I assume, is like some nun that Matt has a relationship yeah, with. Yeah, I'm sure he's I... just one of them nuns. He... One of them nuns. One of them nuns. 
<laughs> but yeah, so Bullseye's like, I've killed most of these people except for these three main people who actually have names. <laughs> you know, it's comics. Um, Which is who? Sister Maggie, Karen, oh. Baby, who we don't <laughs> and Matt. Okay. Uh, and Bullseye, who is also not Bullseye, dead. you failed in the one thing you're supposed to do. Aren't you supposed to kill the four people with the name? Kill the fucking baby! <laughs> you killed all these The adults, but you didn't kill you the baby? one baby? I just... Uh, Bad at your job, Bullseye. You have one job, and it's not that hard. So yeah, she goes into the church to be like... No, we should be together. And he's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no, there's a lot of dead here. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, Sister Maggie, we've got to get you out of here. And Sister Maggie's like, baby, I can't leave without this Just baby. leave the baby. It's fine. We are not the people who should be asking <laughs> this. So, so Karen's like, okay, I got it. So Karen goes up to Bullseye and is like, I've got your fucking baby. Stop beating Matt to death. Matt's like, no. And Bullseye's like, yeah. <laughs> And goes, See, this is how the comic should have been written. <laughs> Let me write your comics; they're better. Um, yeah, and then no, yeah, <laughs> looks at the baby, and it's just like a wrapped up like Jesus statue, a baby Jesus statue. And Sister Maggie has the actual baby, so he goes and like, does know. she chuck it at his head? She basically like hands it off while oh, I would have thrown it at him. I've been like, here's your baby. Ugh, bullseye. Right on the bullseye on your head. Yeah. He figures out that it's not the baby and goes after Sister Maggie and the actual child. Damien. We'll call him Damien because... (laughs) He doesn't have a name. It's Damien with an E. It's fine. (laughs) Things that no one cares about except for me. It's fine. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so uh, Karen's like, that's f- fucking bullshit. She picks up one of the guns that's on the floor and goes to shoot him. And he's like, obviously, I only brought one bullet and I used it on your fucking dumbass boyfriend. Who's bleeding out over there. Who's bleeding out over <laughs> there. But I'll let you live because you tried to shoot me. That's kind of cool. You have yeah. the guts. Mm-hmm. He says, chutzpah. That's literally his quote. But at one point during this whole dumbass fight that he and Matt has, Matt throws his billy club at him, knocks his front two teeth at, out, and he uses the teeth as projection weapons, which are gross and, like, stick in some... It's, I'm like, this is horrible. And I have trauma from having to fucking read this shitty fucking comic. But yeah, so he ends up having the billy club that Matt chucked at him. So he has the baby... While real Karen, baby or fake baby? He is the real he is baby. Damien. He stole Damien With, from Sister okay. Maggie. Where's Sister Maggie? Is she alive? She's still alive. Karen is going over to Matt because she's like, you got shot. I didn't realize that you were just beat up the way that you normally are in every other one of our interactions. So I'm trying to like make sure you're not dead. And he's like, oh yeah, here's Where's your Claire? Billy- we need to find Claire. Yeah. And he's like, uh, here's your billy club back. And he goes to, like, try and kill Matt with his own fucking billy club. And Karen jumps in the way and ends up dying. I would never jump in the way for a boy. Ever 
First of all, no. Secondly, you could drag him out of the way, and that That's would make true. more I'm sense. That's true. I'm strong enough. Come on. You just have to push him a couple more inches, and then he'll just get his, like, arm annihilated. That's wrong. <laughs> Annihilated? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> she... I'm assuming there's a lot of rubble around. Just pick up one of the pews that there's clearly like is There's, like, a thousand different things. Just... And, like, also, the billy club <laughs> impales her, which I'm like... I understand that you're trying to do this whole thing with Bullseye, but, like, it's still, like, the shape of a corn dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is, this is the fucking Like, worst. it would have just made more sense if it yeah. hit her in the head and she mm-hmm. died from fucking... So, yeah. It, and, and, yeah, what I said, it should have just hit her and, like, if it hit her in the heart, like, enough to stop her heart. Or, like, or in the head you know, or in some kind there's of... There's so many, like, yeah, bad comic book writers that this could have been, and they chose mm, the worst... There's so many internal things that you can still hit exactly. that doesn't cause impalement that will kill you. It's just the worst. Um, I will say this, like, in reading this one, it doesn't... She's in, like, winter wear. It doesn't over-sexualize her. But, like, also, her the death, amount of shit that yeah. happens to her... Was it like, her death her doesn't death? seem that awful, but the fact that they yeah. fucking uh, objectify her before yeah, then... the same thing. I almost put Phoenix on there, and I was like, Phoenix's death, Jean's death, isn't so much of fridging because she's sacrificing herself for the rest of the X-Men. She's doing a thing. Her gross shit that makes her become the Phoenix? Yes. You can put that in that box. Remember when Jean annihilated a whole planet? Mm Mm-hmm. They don't, so. We're gonna bring that up. Okay. (laughs) Not about Jean, but about other people who have also been awful. Uh, And then uh, Mm -hmm. my... Real least favorite on this list. I bet I know it. Ooh. No, tell me. Sue Dibney. I knew it! Yeah. (laughs) I was going to be like, if you don't bring up some Dibney action, you are, you are, you, I'm ashamed. Mm -hmm. Because I still think about this and cringe sometimes. It makes me, and I reread it. And And then I go, fuck you, Batman. You should have killed him, Zatanna. That's what I think about Dr. Light. There's a lot of seething, like, every person who excused this was a monster, in my humble opinion. But yeah, so I stand by my opinion that all the shit that happened to Sue was the downfall of comics being fun. I think we were starting to get back into it recently, but I think for a while it was just... Everyone should be traumatized and in pain and grimdark for as long as we can fucking get it. Sue Dibney was never a superhero or a meta, but she was helpful and level-headed and Lord knows these fucking idiots need somebody who's not an idiot all the time and who will be like, Someone needs the brain cell. Yeah. That's a superpower in itself. I use idiot like 12 times in this and I was too mad to think of a synonym for (laughs) idiot. But I was... Not mad enough to know that that was an issue I was having at the time. So yeah, Sue Dibney is the wife of Ralph Dibney, the elongated <clears> man. <throat> uh, the two were always the happy couple, happy couple of the superhero set, with Sue often acting as den mother to the Justice League, and the pair did detective work on the side, like a stretchy, cute detective couple. Like if. I don't know. Fred and Daphne got the... I, I literally don't have a couple to, like, put in their place because they're the they're the peak. 
Um, so yeah, most of Sue's appearances are in the Silver Age and were alongside her <laughs> husband in backup stories to The Flash or as a person providing logistical support to the Justice League <clears throat> of America. Later, after Ralph joined the new Justice League, Europe... So he, they worked with Europe for a little while, and she was like a computer specialist slash hacker. Uh, she also maintained the monitor duty. So like, the big Justice League satellite that monitors everything is like, bro, go over there because there's big fucking problem in she was like question mark country. A mini Oracle. Yeah. She was like a mini Oracle before all that fucking shit happened. Before that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, like, the most important story in her publication history is fucking Identity Crisis, which is a good, it was a fucking nightmare, um, which opens with Ralph Dibney talking to some, some other superhero who I can't remember, some Teen Titans age person. It's a woman. She's on fire. I don't know what her name is. <laughs> Sorry. I should have figured that one out. Uh, I did it. <laughs> but yeah, basically talking about how they met and like, like Ralph meets her at her debutante or her debutante ball. And she's like, you guys are fun. And this is dumb. And I'm going to leave my whole rich fucking life behind to like solve mysteries and like be with you who I love. Ugh. And it's him talking about how wonderful she is and how wonder, like how lovely their relationship is and how they like remember how they fell in love. Remember how for his birthday every year she sets up a mystery for them to solve together. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. They're so, they're so Take like baby. wonderful and stuff. And then <laughs> they have Dr. Light who is a piece of shit. Well, and also a D-list villain who like, doesn't have any reason to be this person and it doesn't make any sense like this story in so many ways especially if you come at it with a try uh it with a any sort of a true crime knowledge you're like um they should have been able to figure this out way oh, earlier God, this and they fucking did it me off. yeah i'm not gonna go super into it but there's it, the list, it's a list, it's a long list of reasons why it should have worked. But yeah, so basically, the story opens up with Sue Dibney is murdered while Ralph is out on patrol, and then her body is burned so that they can't figure out what she's supposed, what happened to her. And they send out all the Justice League on, like, to, like, figure out different villains, and they're all on different teams. But there's a Justice League kind of, like, B-list characters who knew about this thing that happened to um, Sue, which apparently at one point while she was hanging out in on the Justice League satellite by herself in space, which, like, is another nightmare of bad fucking writing, Dr. Light somehow managed to get aboard this... Spaceship. High-tech headquarters in space. It's sort of like how there are things where they're like, there's no way anyone could break into the Batcave, yet the Joker breaks into the Batcave. Well, at least the Joker is, like, an A-list character. Dr. Light is a D-list fucking idiot. But also, how are you breaking into the super high-tech area that no one can break into? This is what we call plot fucking armor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, he gets onto the um 
Justice League's HQ and basically blinds her with his light powers and decides to rape her within an inch of her life. League shows up to like pull him off her, but the damage is done and they had to blank her memory to make her forget it because gross yeah it's grotesque it's on fucking panel and i hope whoever wrote it gets hit by a fucking bus and if you have it we're gonna hit you with the bus yeah two of them i looked you up today i'm thinking about it (laughs) i'm thinking about it really hard yeah and especially like like Dr. Fucking Light. I'm like, this fucking Especially nerd. whenever I see Dr. Light. This fucking nerd. Whenever I see Dr. Light in anything that's like offshoot, well, he's always he's, a fucking nerd. Yeah, he's poisoned by it because he could have just been a character. Now we can never watch him in anything because, he, he, because he's a fucking piece of shit rapist. And it, well, like in Titans, he's just a fucking loser. He is a loser. That slate is just like you're my pawn, and then I'm gonna. He's kill a you. huge fucking loser. You're a fucking loser. He ends up hiring Slade to be his like go after the rest of the Justice League in this, and like there's a lot of bad writing that lets Slade get one over on Wally, and I'm like, on Wally, who can basically stop time? You get to stab him? No. Digress. Not about that. This isn't about that. But it's a bad... The whole story is bad. This nightmare shit happens. Uh, They end up, like, taking him away from poor Sue. They make it something like, he knows her identity because he figured out shit. And it's like, her identity is... She doesn't have an identity. She's not... It's public because Ralph's identity isn't hidden. He's not somebody who has a secret identity. So, like, a bunch of the people where they're like, the secret identity of this person has been, dis- you know, has been given away. I'm like, you you didn't write this well. It was already given away. Yeah. It was already public knowledge. You could Wikipedia but yeah. this So shit. there's a bunch of dumb, dumb shit. Um, the end of the story ends up that Jean Loring, who is the Adam's girlfriend, is trying to be like, you need to come save me because all of these heroes' loved ones are getting murdered and so- bad stuff is happening to me. And also she had a psychotic break, quote unquote. Who did? Jean Loring, yeah. in order to make her kill all of these people to get Ray Palmer to come back to her, which I'm like, Ray Palmer? You're gonna really murder somebody for this guy? Okay. It's a choice, but that's one thing. Also, Sue, as she's in her, like, gift to... Because she's setting up her, like, mystery and stuff for Ralph's birthday as she's murdered. Because, of course. Because how tragic can we possibly make this thing? They have her with, like, a... Um... A pregnancy stick. That's the wrong word. Pregnancy <laughs> Thank you! Just a test. <laughs> test. The word is test. A pregnancy test that's positive. Which, according yeah. to his of course they powers, did. which I couldn't find a source for this, but like, with his powers, he shouldn't be able to have kids anyways. So this is just some, like, how tragic can we fucking make this? Of course. Mm-hmm. And then, later... Gene Loring is retconned to be possessed by Eclipso the whole time. Wait, who's Gene Loring? She's the one who murdered Sue Dibney and then 
Jack Drake and a couple other people. Because she wanted her boyfriend back. Because she wanted her her ex-husband back. Which I think she divorced him, but you know. It's Ew, that's disgusting on its own. It's a whole mess. It's a it's a fucking it's a bad story. Don't read this. Don't read this dumb fucking story. There's a thousand reasons why this story is fucking stupid, but the biggest reason is that Sue was a character who never hurt anyone, who was just violated off screen, like many years ago that they never dealt with and then just mentioned it on screen here like oh it happened in the past and we erased it from her and then just murdered and had her corpse burned so that they could have more reasons for Batman to distrust the people he works with because they also erased him because that was like the whole point of that whole story where he's like you can't just rewrite this person's personality. You should That's true, you can't, so let's just kill them. And and they're like, we'll rewrite your personality too, Batman. And I'm like, every part of this is stupid. How about we rewrite Batman's personality so everything isn't just black and white yeah. and he can see shades of gray because he's kind of a pussy-ass bitch. And, yeah, I don't know. They wanted to make Batman kill just people, check people more. They wanted to write or gritty real-life story. They wanted to write out all of the happy couples. I don't fucking know. There are so many plot holes in this goddamn story, but it's just written to write Sue Dibney out of everything. So, um... Be shitty. It's fucking... It makes me so mad. You know, the fact that this lady was, like, his fucking well, ex-wife so... and was like, yeah. I'm gonna go on a rampage and then want you back. Well, Even like, I the fact that she's like, I'm going to fridge a bunch of these characters so that you think that I potentially, I'll pretend that I'm getting fridged and then you'll come back and love Shitty. me. Shitty. Yeah, it's just taking Shitty. advantage of a bunch of, like, gross bullshit. Um, but yeah, so I didn't include everybody in the list. Um, I'm going to name a bunch of other people who, because, you know. Am I going to be hurt again? Probably. But I I cut this list down, A, because there's a lot of characters who I was like, I, I'm sure this character is only in one fucking story to get fridged. And also, they don't include characters who went crazy because it had to, like, include the plot. And they were like, we decided to make these women evil for, like, five minutes. That's not included in the fridging trope. But it's a whole other trope. It's like it's another thing, and we'll talk about it at some point. We probably won't because it's a nightmare. But yeah, so Aresia dead. Oh, Aurora multiple personality disorder and then Uh, depowered. North North Star's sister, twin twin sister. Yeah, they're twins, but they come to be twin. They're like, oh, we're twins when they're like in their twenties. They figure it out then. That's not Yeah, well, you did an episode on yeah. Master. See episode whatever. See one of the Pride episodes that we did. Uh, oh, the Pride? Yeah. yeah, it was Pride. I think it was our second one. Mm-hmm. Batwoman, previously, before all of her, like, turning into somebody interesting, was dead. Uh, Mrs. Brian Banner, who is not given a name besides Mrs. Brian Banner, which gives you enough information about <clears> her. <throat> Bruce Banner's mother is murdered by her abusive husband. Black Canary is tortured, made infertile, and depowered. Blink is dead. Candy Southern is killed off screen. She's Angel's girlfriend. Okay. 
Um, and she's killed off screen to get to Angel because of one of his, like, I don't know. He's like, it's gross that you're a mutant. And it's like, you're gay. This is definitely gay shit. Just saying. Um, Monica Rambo, Captain Marvel, is depowered and then had to give her name to a male hero. Carol Ferris, uh, Star Sapphire, is turned into a villain by the Zamorans and then possessed. Domino is kidnapped and tortured. Dove is dead. Elastigirl is the only Doom Patroller to stay dead. Uh, Elektra, y'all know. (laughs) We all know. That she's dead. Uh, fire now stars. she's hot and daredevil, but yeah. it's powers were sterilizing her. <laughs> which Firestar, her oh. powers were sterilizing her. Which there's a lot of like, we're gonna make this a problem for it's a it's a uterus problem. And I'm like, <sighs> good lord, who cares about this fucking dumbass shit? Uh, Ileana Rasputin is kidnapped and raised by demons. There's an implication of sex abuse by said demons. When she's a child, she's aged and de-aged, and then she's dead again. Jean Palmer, who is the one who ended up killing all those people, had a quote-unquote nervous breakdown, and then was possessed by Eclipso. Jocasta is deactivated more than once. Cat Matui is killed. Linda Park, I can't remember which flashes wife she is, is kidnapped and then removed from history. Madeline Pryor, we really genuinely do not need to talk about, but like every single thing that has happened to Maddie Pryor. I'm sure we'll get a Maddie Pryor episode from you. You will absolutely get a Maddie Pryor episode, my friends. (laughs) I want to talk about her so much. Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, is mind-controlled, impregnated by rape. Ew. Powers and memories are stolen, yeah. her cosmic power, yeah. and then depowered, and then she's an alcoholic. Power Girl has uh, depowered, magically impregnated, made okay, vulnerable. Impregnation to... shit needs to never be an anything ever. First of all, yes, that. Secondly, because the children end up coming back for some reason in comics. Like, just... And thirdly, because none of the people who are writing comics have any sort of a, like, are smart enough to write about losing a child. No. Gross. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. But yeah, Power Girl is also made vulnerable to unprocessed natural materials, like sharp sticks. Um, okay. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. In in general, I don't know what that means. Like, Betsy Psylocke has her eyes removed, she's eviscerated, (coughs) depowered, and mind-swapped, but uh, Revenge Psylocke is mind-swapped into the body of a white woman and then killed with the legacy virus. So, which is mutant aids. They weren't very specific. It was was very clear about that one, y'all. Just a lot of, like, dead in another power. Poor Donna Troy has her identity and powers stripped for her multiple times. Wonder Woman is killed, revived, but lost her goddess powers. And Zatanna has her powers severely limited. And also, anytime anybody tries to depower Zatanna, they put a, like, something over her mouth, which is just real disgusting. Don't like that shit. So, yeah. And this is... A really, really short list, but if you come to me with any character, I will fight you on this. Every female character that's been in comics for more than, like, two years has probably been fridged. 
These are the things that happen. This is, um, there's a lot of dumb arguments against this shit, especially back in the early 2000s. Things have gotten better, and fig- people have figured out that this is obviously a problem. But at the time, you know, not super great. Which, uh, hmm. So one of the arguments made against the classification of this violence as a trope is the fact that will, real women can and do face these situations in the real world. That doesn't mean you have to put them in our fucking fake literature, and, and also, that makes them any less like worth saying this short or okay. shit is some like gross faked act- activism. You're like, oh, I can't. Well, it. you guys yeah. get murdered and raped in real life, so it's I guess like, we're gonna murder and rape you in comic books. Classifying that's the essentially what they're saying. Violence towards fictional women as such does not invalidate the struggles and experiences of real women. And the deaths of these women are never the fucking focus of the no. story. And that's the main problem. They're just used as a fucking tool. Yeah. The reason that this is like a trope is because it's unnecessary, unjust brutalization. And it's never the thing that's being discussed. Fridging is lazily written brutality against women. That's what it fucking is. Um, the other popular art counter argument to it is that it happens to men all the time. Um, and there was a dude back in the early 2000s who, who argued back about this and wrote the dead men defrosting trope, which is like, basically, it's, firstly, you don't have the role reversal because you don't have a superheroine's love interest being killed off. That doesn't fucking happen. It doesn't. Like, that's not how it happens. And then men are not killed in the same manner that female characters are. The murder of a female character is more often done in a sexual, humiliating, or exploitative uh, nature. And the male ones are usually very admirable and heroic. Um, If you think of, like, fucking Ted Kord, who dies when he's um, killed by Max Lord, but he's giving the ultimatum like, switch sides or die, and he's like, fucking rotten hell, and then he's shot in the head. And it's shocking, and it's like, quick, and it's shitty, but it's really well written, and it gives him a really good fucking death. And that doesn't happen the other way around. Women have had it rough, what about their male characters? And basically, it's like, what's the difference? Batman had his fucking back broken by... Bane. And apparently he had a better chiropractor and didn't like share him with Babs or something. <laughs> it was like, fuck you, Babs. Fully fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What the fuck ever? Yeah. The difference is this. The male majority of the male characters that we've seen have this. They have their heroic cycle. Like with some challenges, but they're it's part of their nature, and they overcome it, and they go back to like the status quo. Whereas women, that's not the fucking case. Women are like either knocked off and dead for a long fucking time, or this thing affects them for a really long fucking time, and that's long in our time and not in comic book time, which is a totally different. It's a different timeline. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, basically you've got Superman who dies, comes back, and he inspires new heroes, he changes powers, splits in two, and then he gets his normal powers back, and then somewhere in all of that sort of stuff gets married and ends up having kids, blah blah blah. Uh, Batman has back broken, and then does a 
grueling physical and psychological battle with his uh, arch enemies. He takes some time off and heals and he comes back and he continues his crusade. We're not going to get into the dumb amount of trauma that Bruce has gone through because he always gets better and nobody ever looks at it because um, I don't know. But he's never left as like damaged goods which which he is. Bruce Wayne is which he all is. damaged goods. Mm-hmm. Can someone get this man as uh, therapist, please. Please. Therapist to Bruce yeah. Wayne. <laughs> Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan pulls a fucking phoenix. Hal Jordan murders every single person in fucking Coast City. Every single it's human fine. person. It's fine. Yeah. He tries to reboot creation. He commits a noble self-sacrifice and suicide at the very end. And then, like, he ends up getting to come back because Jeff Johns only knows about one... <laughs> only knows about one Green Lantern and refuses to write about any of the other ones. <laughs> Barry Allen is the Flash. Same sort of deal. He dies heroically in the crisis and the mantle gets picked up by another, but he comes back for the same dumb reason. Oh, Somebody Barry. who, uh, like, like, don't get into writing a comic if you just want to write about the characters of your childhood who are already fucking dead. Sorry, Barry fans. Um, you're all boring as shit. And I do love you Barry should... Allen, but you love Barry Allen because he was characterized as Wally. That's facts. Exactly. I love Wally. Wally's amazing. Barry is boring as shit. <laughs> Wally's Wally's amazing. Wally's, Wally's the best Flash character that they have. Period. Oh, I love Jesse too. That's you're right. That's also fair. <laughs> uh, Captain America. Um, has all the, like, he doesn't have any of the, like, normal super soldier, like, problems with getting the super soldier serum. He, uh, he's been stripped of his mantle and he's lost faith in America. He's been hunted by the government he serves. And he still comes back better than ever in fighting for the oh, to make him a Nazi. Let's, well, this was way before that. Let's be talking about that. That'll be That's the, another rant episode. The next rant. Um, Nova has lost his powers twice, but has his powers uh, returned to him just as many times. He's had three attempts as a, at a solo book. I think he's a boring fucking character. I don't just even know saying who that is. The men of X-Men have been, you know, like Wolverine's had all of his... Wolverine has died a bunch of fucking times, mm. and like he just gets, he comes back more and more. Cannonball dies for a minute, and then they're like, he's an external, which is an immortal mutant. And then they're like, that's actually not true, but for some reason he's still alive. <laughs> but he's still alive. Angel loses his real wings and gets like turned into death from Apocalypse, and then he gets his real ones back. Angel also has Candy Southern, who dies off panel, to give Warren uh, some fucking man pain. Man pain. It's what it is! Uh, (laughs) Iron Man, let's not even get into that. He had a whole lot of issues besides just alcoholism. There was, he had an issue where he was like sort of paralyzed the same way that Bruce was, and they weren't because rich people. Because rich people. Rich people problems. A magical, Um, magical. Yeah, and then Aquaman like loses a hand, loses his son, and basically like gets self validation and like a good book afterwards. And another hand. Yeah, and another fucking hand. And like a a starfish. 
Meanwhile, he just grows back. Like, <laughs> kid's death is used as man pain, and when Mara dwelt, uh, dwelt on it, it was because again, it's the death of her one child who was murdered, and it was a big fucking deal. And it and like, she was looked at as weak, as, wasn't she? Exactly, and also like sad man pain for Arthur, who's like, my wife is so sad about my dead kid. And it's like you shouldn't. Do you think? Do you, you think she be is sad about your dead kid? Do you think? Yeah. Uh, the point is that, like, the idols of our childhood are not all running plays from the same fucking playbook. Their fates are not the same, and somebody seems to be getting the fucking shaft, and who do you think it fucking is? So, at the very end of this, I need to set something straight. This isn't a call for the untouchable female characters. I don't want female characters to not be able to die. Like, that's not what I want. It's just, they need to have enough, like, if you're creating a female character who is destined to meet a grisly end or who deals with abuse and trauma, it's important to intentionally examine why she's experiencing these things. Is there some sort of, like, an arc or transformation or lesson that she's, like, experiencing? Or is this tragedy being exploited for the sake of male characters' personal growth? Or she could just die and die. Just die like a normal death. Yeah. She could just be shot in the head. (laughs) Yeah. It's more important than ever to create characters that are multidimensional and in possession of an agency that fulfills the story rather than feeds into an archaic cliche. It's important to give female characters the opportunity to be more than a damsel in distress or an emotional plot device. But not like, like, you don't have, not everybody has to have, like, fucking positive experiences. But, like, understand that you can't just kill off female characters to give male characters something to brood about. It makes their death all about the man, it takes away any of their personhood, and it turns their death, it turns her into a tragic figure to angst about and wallow about. About them. Yeah. Like, that about story them. should be about, about them, them. And that's the most important thing. Yep. So, yeah. They shouldn't have four lines. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have four lines in the one issue where it's they the, fucking yeah, die. Where that's, yeah. It's about them. It's mm-hmm. not about the people around them. Yeah. Also, <laughs> next episode has to be about positive comics because this was really, really negative and sad. <laughs> and, like, there are good things there, guys. I promise. Just not any of this. Just not this. But the rant episode is never positive. No. We're ranting. No. We're it's just, ranting. We dropped a lot this year because last year was a fun rant. And this year I was like, I wish to burn last all Last year these. I was like, you're not gay enough. I'm like, well, what if we burned all of these people alive the same way that we did what? to poor Sue Dibney? What if we run everybody what if I buses? Turned really tiny and then stomped on your brain like fucking Gene Loring. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Shrink them all and put them in Tupperware. And then shake them around a lot. You know who you are, writers. But yeah, so that's that. That's fridging. We're in a place where things are better than they've been, and we're and and I feel like a big. It was a big point to have this website in 1999 and be like, yeah, hey. I'm this gonna is, call you out. Let's try to. This fix is this. a trend that's an issue, and maybe we should stop fucking yep. doing this. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's stopped, but it's 
getting better. Yeah, it's getting better. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. Well, welcome to our rant. Mm-hmm. 2.0. I really have to be. <laughs> All right, everyone. We're going to end this episode 80 M. <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify and on Amazon Music. Also on the ESO Network and on Podbean. And we will see you next Tuesday. A maybe. Tuesday in the future. Some Tuesday. Future Tuesday. Goofed. <laughs> Not as good as cunt. No. <laughs>